0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are having a good one. Uh, I'm having a great one. I'm the well, Oh, Damn, wow. See, you know, it's been a minute because I can't even get the, the intro right. Hold on. Let me, let me back up. <clears throat> We're still recovering. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Welcome back everybody. I hope you're having a great day. I sure am. I'm the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming and as you can see, once again, we're two guys that just love BS and at work. because We can't even get the intro together. How are you doing today, Charles?
1: It's rough right now, bro. It's rough. How about you?
0: Ah, it's It's not as rough, but it's rough. It's for you're going through it a little bit more than I am, both <laughs> literally and figur- figuratively. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, tr- we're troopers, and we're going to keep keep it pushing, uh, just like the NFL keeps it pushing. Man. Hold on. Not-
1: Before, we got to keep it 100 with everybody. We will be talking about the Nets later this week. We're just one day in between Game 4 and Game 5. So, instead of overreacting either way, we're going to wait until after Game 5 and then hit you with a Nets prod. So... That's when we're gonna talk about that. It is a very different feeling than after game two, but things are looking up, so we'll we'll stay positive and keep the karma rolling. And you know, and I just want to say the only thing I do want to say before that Nets pod is uh fuck all you Celtics fans and saying it's karma. So but other than that, <laughs> UFC 263 was pretty cool. I know you're not into it. My cousin Tim, he's been busy doing you know, working real life stuff. Shout out to him. Uh, UFC 263 was so dope on Saturday night. Um, Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, the two title fights where you saw two champions the first Mexican born UFC champion in UFC history and, and he dominated. And then you saw you had five rounds of domination from Israel Adesanya that he just put on a clinic and showed that he grew from the last loss. I know you're not too familiar with it, he went up to light heavyweight the last fight, lost and pretty much adjusted in every single way, even though he didn't need to because he was defending his middleweight title this weekend. So the, this big uh, brute of a dude thought he was going to just take him down and keep him down, and but he got up pretty much immediately in the first round, and this dude had no game plan after that, and Izzy was just taking him apart with strikes, defending takedowns, pretty much whatever he wanted to do. He hit him with over 30 leg kicks. So it was, that was dope. But other than that, we got a whole bunch of NFL stuff that we got to talk about. I say it like that because I'm one of those fans that it's like, it's OTAs. What the hell? But people, this is like Americans crack. So we got to talk about it.
0: Well, yeah, and, and we wouldn't be talking football right now if, if major news didn't go down. And, you know, roll if, tide. for those who, who don't know or, you know, have been not aware Julio Jones has been traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. Um, You know, Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in the league, one of the best receivers of his generation of, for sure, Hall of Famer. Uh, I know he's a little bit older. I know he's coming off an injury. I know he didn't have his greatest season, but he's still Julio Jones. He's still a playmaker. And um, In,
1: in last year's season, 2020, he played nine games, fifty-one receptions, seven hundred and seventy-one yards. I think. By, by the way, you were making up Antonio Brown with those type of numbers. He had an amazing season last year. So, just for context, by you, by previous arguments you've had, that's a great season. Look at those yards he put up. He averaged eighty-five yards per game.
0: Which is which is still solid.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like I'm saying that how you used it for Antonio Brown. Julio Jones has gotten some shade because it's like, oh, great. The Titans traded for Julio Jones. What kind of a big deal? And I know he's older, but
0: dude is... Anybody saying that is a hater. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anybody saying that is just a hater. That doesn't make any sense. Because uh, if their team traded for Julio Jones, they'd be the main ones talking about we're going to win the Super Bowl. So I want to hear that nonsense. Anybody yeah, that's saying... Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm with you there, man. Uh, the Tennessee Titans traded a second-round draft pick in the 22 draft and a fourth-round draft pick in the 23 draft, and the Falcons sent them a six-round pick in 23 along with Julio. I think the Titans have a steal here.
0: Yeah, uh, and again, they were able to buy low because he's 32, because he came off an injury, because he had a, a quote-unquote bad season. They were able to buy low, and they're out of conference, so it made it easier to make the trade and make the move. Um, I think that the loser in all this really is the Packers. I think the Packers, if they wanted to keep Aaron Rodgers, I've been saying they need to trade whatever they needed to trade, including Jordan Love, to the Falcons so they could turn around and look at Aaron Rodgers and say, all right, man, we're sorry. We messed up. We know we messed up. So not only are we telling you we're apologizing, we're showing it with the fact that we traded Jordan Love, the guy that we had no business trading up the draft in the first place, and we got you another weapon in Julio Jones, not a rookie receiver, a veteran receiver, to go alongside Devontae Parker. Please, please, please forgive us. Let's let's win a championship. That's To me, that's what they should have done. It would have cost them more because not only are they in conference, they are a, a I wouldn't say a direct rival, but, you know, teams don't like to trade their superstars in conference, right? Especially to a team that they know could turn around and win a Super Bowl, um, fourth in the very next year. So it probably would have cost them a little bit more. I still don't think you would have had to give up like multiple first round picks to get them. It might've been like a couple, it might've been like a second and a third or something like that. But again, it's not even about getting Julio. It's about appeasing Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers really missed the ball here. Um, and trying to, to amend that relationship. um, for the people that say that the Titans are, aren't a good fit, I think you're wrong. I think the Titans are a perfect fit, especially for Julio in this stage of his career. Um,
1: Derek- oh, you you're, That's an understatement. The Titans are built like the Alabama teams were built. There's two, they pretty much are an Alabama team. They have Derrick Henry, they, they have Julio Jones now. That's how Alabama has won, has had a dynasty. They have a game manager quarterback. They have a hard-hitting runner, and they have wide receivers that can go up and grab the ball. If Julio Jones is your number two receiver, that's a good offense. So the people that that don't see the positive with for the Titans, I just don't get it.
0: Well, well what people are saying, well, people are saying they're not going to just throw the ball over the place. Now, no, they're not. That's 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 the point. They're going to be even more efficient in the run game. What people don't realize is as good as King Henry is. And me and you have both said he could have he should have won MVP this year, right? As good as he is, he is like Giannis in the sense of he needs a running start. He needs to, he needs a full steam ahead motion, hitting a hole to be effective. If you're able to penetrate, if you're able to penetrate uh uh the, the backfield and like make him have to take shorter steps and before he can get running, he's not as good. He needs to hit the hole hard, and that's when he's unstoppable. So what happens is when they play better teams, especially in the playoffs, especially teams that don't need to stack the box to get penetration, that's why they don't win. Now with Julio, you can't stack the box. You got A.J. Brown on one side. You got Julio on the other side. You have no choice but to hope that your base run defense is good enough to stop that running attack. And if it's not, when you do stack the box, now you have two all pro caliber receivers to throw the ball to. One of them is going to be wide open almost every time because you can't double both of them and stack the box. You just can't. Now the question is, is Ryan Tannehill good enough to consistently take advantage of it? Are they going to be as, as their offensive play caller, are they going to be good enough to know when to dial those deep plays up? Cause that, that's, that's all about, you know, that's the chess match in and of itself too, right? When do, when do we go play action? When do we use it? What do we do it too early? Do we do it too often? Do we do it too late? That's gonna be the chess match. Um, and I'm not saying they're gonna be unstoppable because their defense is still not that good. But the Titans are a much better team now than what they were without Julio. And I'm the I'm one of the main people that says, Hey, look, NFL trades and free agency doesn't work. You you build through the draft. But I simply think even if you're having Julio just run a go route every single time, I sim I I still think that that makes them a better team. Because now, like I said, you knew what the offense was before. It would stop Derrick Henry, make them be a throwing team. Well, that's a lot harder to do with Julio. With Julio, you have to respect the passing game, which means you cannot just stack the box, which means Derrick Henry is going to, is going to play well. And again, they, the Titans are a decent team. They rack up regular season wins because most teams do have to stack the box in order to stop them. Most teams don't have great run defenses naturally. So they, do, they are going to always win, like, 10-plus games. They're always going to be at least in the hunt for the division, if not the division winner. And they usually at least win a playoff game. Now with Julio, they're that much harder to do because, like I said, in order to beat them, you're really going to have to be solid in both run defense and you're going to have to be able to man up on both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. Not too many teams can do all three. They might Especially be to- in the
1: AFC South.
0: Well, I mean, they're going to win the division. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about winning a championship. Not too many teams can do all three. No, they, they might be able to do one out of three, maybe even two out of three. But all three, that's going to be hard to do. The Titans, if they play this right, should be a dynamic offense. The question will be, can they stop anybody?
1: Yeah. And real quick, just to give the flowers when they're due, Julio Jones has played 10 seasons in Atlanta. I think it's safe to say he's an all-time Atlanta Hawk. Atlanta Hawk. Atlanta Falcon. Um, obviously still got hoops on my mind. Some of the stats he put up in Atlanta is just amazing. His 2015 stats, played all 16 games, 136 receptions, 1,871 yards, averaged 13.8 yards per play. Like, that's crazy. That's great numbers. And before the injury, he, he played 15 games in 2019, got close to 1,400 yards. The year before, he got close to 1,700 yards. He's consistently one of the best receivers in the game. Injuries happen, but we've also seen wide receivers play till 40. And just to build off what you were saying, they're a contender. They were a contender before this. They've been making the playoffs and being a real threat consistently. And when you shut down Derrick Henry, their MVP, and make Tannehill be that guy, that's when they've struggled. To also be fair to Tannehill, it's not like they've had a dynamic receiving core. Right. This is exactly what they needed. This is exactly what I'm sure fans were hoping they would get through the draft. So as far as the AFC South goes, I think it's theirs. As far as the AFC championship game, it's looking like Titans and Chiefs. You know, you could kind of throw the Ravens in there too if they figure it out.
0: Well, I I think what this does is because to me, the AFC was was Chiefs Bills and everybody else.
1: Bills, I, yeah. We gotta give respect to the Bills. I
0: do think the Titans are now at least solidly third above everybody else, maybe even second. Maybe even second better than the Bills. Because the Bills defense took a kind of a step back last year, too. So to me, whoever has the better defense is gonna be the second best team in the AFC. Um that Again, it's a big deal because, like I said, I, I understand football. I, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, my God, they got all these players are going to be unstoppable. Football is so coach-driven and scheme-driven that it doesn't – it's not basketball. You can't just plug and play great players and make it work. However, if they're smart, like I said, even if Julio is just running deep routes every time, you know, post and, or go or fly routes, if they're smart, there's still gonna be run off, run first, throw second, play action, pass. And because you have a great receiver who can just free and, and that's another thing about Julio, he's a great freestyler, right? Because you have a guy like Julio Jones, um, who, who, like you said, at this stage of his career, he's probably your second receiver to AJ Brown, who's pretty good. Um and I and I just, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Julio's still your number one receiver, to be honest with you. I, I think if healthy, he's still a number one receiver. On any team, um, he
1: averages 15 yards per reception for his career.
0: Yeah, th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he's healthy, that's ridiculous. If he's healthy, he's their number one receiver. It's not even close. So that's my point. If you have these dudes, you know, if you if you if they scheme this up, and the one thing that might hurt them is they got him really late in the process. Again, football is such a scheme-driven thing. The fact that it's already OTAs and stuff, it, it might not click right away. But their offense should be really good because, again, they're going to run the ball first, as they should, and their play-action game is going to be so much better. And huh. and, may, and maybe and maybe what you say is, nah, bro, forget that. I know it's Julio, but we still say, Tannehill, if you're going to beat us, do it with your arm. And maybe you do still stack the box and just hope that you can – hope that Tannehill doesn't just knife you up, um, you know, throwing the ball all over the place.
1: And, and this is – The franchise records he holds for the Atlanta Falcons. Most career receiving yards with over 12,000. Most career receptions with over 800. Most career games with at least 100 receiving yards in a regular season. And he has 55 of them. Most career games with at least 100 receiving yards in the postseason with three. The Falcons don't really have that great of a postseason history. Most games with at least five receptions in a single season. Most games with at least 10 receptions in a single season. Most games with a receiving touchdown in a single postseason. Most seasons at at least a thousand receiving yards with seven most receiving yards in a single game for the regular season, which was three hundred. He, three
0: hundred. He's the greatest Falcon of all time. I don't even think that's <laughs>
1: no. I I, I I like to throw Mike Vick in there. Uh,
0: no, he's still the greatest Falcon of all time. Wow, he's still the greatest Falcon of all time, and that's no disrespect to Mike Vick. He's still the greatest Falcon of all time. Uh, he he's. And that's
1: half the list. Just for clarity, just what I read just now. That's half. There's still right. another and half to go. What,
0: and, I, and I know that. That's why I said you know let's not even waste time going into. It. He he's the greatest. His
1: Falcon NFL records are is longer. His NFL records list is actually longer.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. He he's the greatest Falcon of all time, and it's not and it's not even close. Michael Vick is second, but it's not even close. And Roddy White is up there too, but but he's the greatest Falcon of all time. And look at this stage of his career. I get it as a wide receiver. He probably wants to put up big numbers and win, but I think more than anything else, he wants to win. That Falcons team never recovered from that Super Bowl. If who, People forget, before that Julian Elliman catch, Julio Jones made the play of the Super Bowl. That sideline catch um, where he just beautifully got both feet down on the sideline, that should have sealed the game. That play that he made, and I believe that was on the third down, that bomb play that he made, should have sealed the game. He might have won MVP of the game if they would have held on. Um, you know, that haunts you, right? And so, like you said, he's got records already. He has numbers. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He is one of, if not the greatest receiver of his generation. He's one of the greatest receivers of all time, period. I don't know. I don't I don't believe – obviously, he would like to give put up big numbers and win, but I, I believe he's out a stage of his career like, yo, man, as long as I could contribute, I just want to win. I, I
1: just, think he could do more than contribute, and he he holds the most receiving yards in a single game against three teams. Can you name the three teams?
0: I know the Panthers are one, are one of them. The, yes, um, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna say the division teams, the Saints, and the Bucks.
1: You got one right. You, the, the Saints is incorrect. It's actually the Packers. So he, he has the most uh receiving yards in a single game against the Carolina Panthers with 300, the most receiving yards in a single game against the Green Bay Packers with 259, and the most uh, receiving yards in a single game against the Bucks with 253. He's also the fastest to reach 9,000 career receiving yards, 11,000 career receiving yards, and 12,000 career receiving yards. He hit 12,000 career receiving yards in 125 games
0: yeah i mean like i said he he's an all-time great he's one of the greatest to ever play the game he's amazing um,
1: and he has the most seasons averaging 100 yards per game with yeah, five
0: yeah he 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 he's amazing he's just simple. oh yeah and once again
1: that's like a third of his nfl records
0: i mean I, I used to make the joke all the time if if calvin johnson is megatron then julio's optimus prime like he, he's just that good um And and like I said, and that's what you're getting, even if it is a diminished version of him, you're still getting probably an all pro. And like I said, the Titans are going to be good, man. They're going to be good. Uh, This this is something, you know, a lot of people think that they didn't get enough for him, but that's just how the NFL works. He's he's in his mid 30s. He's coming off a down year and an injury. And again, it's late in the process. People forget that, too. There was salary cap hits involved, which is why they had to wait till after June 1st to trade. So that's about right for what you were gonna get for him. And if you're a Titans fan, you gotta be happy. Now again, you gotta hope your defense holds up because they're not gonna win without a defense. Um, I know they got Bud Dupree, and I'm sorry to see him leave for my Steelers, but th- their defense still needs some work. Um, but you know, well, well, they
1: got Bud Dupree because they let the cornerback go to my Giants. And they wanted to improve the pass rush because they feel like they can rebuild the secondary easier than they can rebuild that pass rush. So, right. And they right. do have a good, uh, solid linebacking core. Their best linebacker, I'm sorry his name escapes me right now, but he got hurt last season. So right. that played a big uh, part in that. If he comes back healthy and he's the same player he was, they have a really solid front seven, or at least the foundation of one.
0: Right. And, and like I said, they're, they're, To me, they're the solid third best team, maybe even the second best team in the conference. So, if you're a Titans fan, you gotta be happy. You gotta be excited about this, Um, because Jayon
1: Brown. Sorry, I was gonna bug the shit out of me. Jayon Brown was who I'm talking about.
0: Right. So, you know, if you're a Titans fan, you gotta be excited about it because it shows promise and it shows that they're going for it. Which is what which is what you want to see. You paid Tannehill. You paid Derrick Henry. You know, go for it. You know, you lost Corey Davis. Well, I mean, shoot, you're replacing Corey Davis with Julio Jones. I think any fan of any team would take that. No offense. Amen.
1: And moving on real quick, because that's not the only kind of news to come out. That's the biggest news without a doubt. So this is a real step down in news quality from, from the, the, the breaking story to this one. But Tim Tebow's whack return has inspired the possible return of another 35-plus-year-old ex-NFL player. One of my favorites, though, Brandon Jacobs believes he can make a return to the NFL at the age of 38, not as a running back, but as a defensive end. Now, initial reactions when I, when I say that, what are they, Brett?
0: Get the F out of here. Yeah. And whatever your smoking, passions of.
1: so. So you give no respect to Brandon Jacobs when it comes to this story.
0: It's not that I don't give any respect to Brandon Jacobs. It's if, ironically, if Tom Coughlin was still running the Jaguars, you might have a chance of coming back as a, as a defensive end. Um, Tebow only got this job because he knows Urban Meyer. Uh,
1: Brandon Jacobs is 6'4, 264 pounds. If he can, he can push somebody out the way, is all I'm saying.
0: Right. But he's also 38, and this is a young man's sport. Um,
1: true. True.
0: And, and and just like Tim Tebow, if you haven't played that position forever, I'm not expecting you – like, you know, it's not as simple as pushing someone. There's techniques involved. There's, uh, there's pass rushing moves involved. There's understanding the snap count involved. There, there's so you – know I mean, there's so many more nuances to that than just, oh, I'm big and strong. I can be great. That's why Jadavion Clowney, even though when he was coming out, was supposed to be one of the greatest ever – He can't, you know, he keeps bouncing from team to team because that's all he has is size, strength, and athletic ability. He has no skill set. And so at at this level, especially against left tackles, you know, that's not good enough. You need to be able to have moves. You need to not only have moves, moves plural, uh, secondary (laughs) move, a a third move, combination moves. You you like you can't just say, Oh, I'm six four, whatever, I and I'm strong. Great. So is everybody that's playing that position.
1: Okay. Like, so here's what Jacobs had to say. And this is from uh, Giants Wire from USA Today. Well, since Tebow came back after being off a good bit, I am announcing that today I, too, will come back. I will play defensive end for whatever team gives me a chance, Jacob tweeted. I am really serious about coming back as a defensive end. I can still run. I am strong, and there's no way Tim Tebow is a better athlete than I am. I just need a shot. That's it. If I can't cut it, I'll take it like a man. Just give me one chance. That's all. And then he continued later on Instagram and said, when I'm in tip-top shape, I'm going to look better than anyone out there. I'm going to move better than anyone out there. Jacob said after running eight gassers, that's just facts. He added that he means no disrespect to any of the league's current edge rushers, but he believes that he can still play the position and dominate at his age. He also said that he was meant to play defensive end from the beginning, and perhaps he should have, especially after Alabama head coach Nick Saban attempted to recruit him as a defensive end. It started off as a joke and ended up serious. I am dead fucking serious. J- uh, Jacobs added that he'll be up early on Friday morning to work out, and then Eli Manning tweeted to add his two cents to this, and he said, "Get it done, BJ." Yeah, great.
0: He's not making it to me, so cool. I'm glad that he wants to try though. Good friend.
1: Um, Brandon Jacobs ran people over. Like people are gonna forget how dominant Brandon Jacobs was. These were no, my I don't, favorite. Giants. I don't forget that.
0: I I I'm also I'm also people seem to also forget what happens to you at 38. Uh you ran people over when you were 28 and other people were 28. You're now 38 trying to run over 28 year olds. That's not happening. You're gonna tear something trying to do that. So you could you probably look amazing in workouts, you probably look amazing on the practice dummy. Do that. He looks amazing
1: for thirty-eight. But like, let's just keep it hundred.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt that at all. But to say that he would dominate—that's what those were his words. I just listened to the quote that you just said. To say that he would dominate at thirty-eight? No, you would not. No, you would not. Any decent left tackle is throwing him to the ground immediately because they're younger, stronger. Faster, more athletic, comparing him to tebow is stupid. yes, you are probably a better athlete than Tim Tebow at these stages of your career. great I'm not comparing you to tebow you're not competing against tebow you're competing against every young left tackle in the NFL right now who would destroy you before you even got it, before you even knew what would happen so i don't i don't I don't want to hear this.
1: Okay, well, well, you don't want to hear this. <laughs> Just wait because we're not done with aging running backs.
0: Yeah, sure. Go, yeah, go to the next idiot. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Le'Veon Bell doubles down on stance on Chiefs head coach Andy Reid in a series of tweets, and this is from the Chiefs wire from USA Today. Yeah. Um, all, all the love to USA Today, apparently, in this episode of the Dope Log, right. Le'Veon Bell caused quite a stir on social media on Saturday, claiming that he'd retired before playing for Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid again in an Instagram post. On Sunday evening, Bell sought to clarify his position on Reid in a series of tweets. Quote, I said what I said, and I don't regret at all what I said, Bell wrote. For those who have a personal problem, in all caps, personal problem, with me because of what I said, all caps, that's fine. You have your right. I just, or no, you have your right. Just understand. I also have my right, all caps for how I feel about my personal all caps problem with the dude because of what he said, all caps to me. So and uh, it goes on. It seems pretty clear that Bell felt attacked on social media after his take on Reed, who was one of the more universally liked coaches in the league fans, current players, former players came to bat for Reed after Bell's negative comment. Never did I say i didn 't enjoy my time in k c because I loved my time there. It was probably the closest locker room full of players i 've ever been around. Bell explained, I enjoyed my teammates, the city, food, and fans just about everything in k c so he goes on to say i 'm not about to get get all in depth on why I feel the way I do, but I have the right my right to feel the way I feel. The only thing I would change is commenting on how I really felt on social media. I'll admit that's something I could have and should have kept to myself, and I apologize about that and that only. But I don't regret what I said because that's how I feel.
0: Cool. I don't care, Le'Veon Bell. Nobody cares that you came out of nowhere with this. First of all, oh, I will retire. First of all, you're gonna have to retire anyway. Nobody's picking you up. Damn. Nobody. Uh, no, Again. Yeah. Damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know how much I love Le'Veon Bell. You know how much I love Antonio Brown. I would love for both of their old behinds to come back to the Steelers for one more go-around. It's not going to happen. Uh, and, and here's some, and, and also, to be fair to Andy Reid, if you're going to say something like that, maybe you should say why. Because that doesn't make sense. You said he said something to you. So at the end of the day, since you wanted to bring that out. And by the way, this is on the juxtaposition. Well, let's keep this in context. You know, context is a big thing for me. Let's keep this in context as well. Andy Reese's son is about to go to jail, right? For junk driving. For you to say something like that now is just like inconsiderate. And again, and then for you to not even say why you're saying it is inconsiderate. Because again, Le'Veon, no offense, bro. I love you to death. I will always love you for your time in Pittsburgh, right? but nobody was checking for you, bro. We was worried about where Aaron Rodgers is going. We was worried about where Julio Jones was going. Where, where you know, Russell Wilson put that to bed, but we were worried about where he was going. Deshaun Sean Watson is not going to be settled anytime soon. We were wondering where he was going. Ain't nobody, including myself, was sitting there like, dang, man, I wonder where Le'Veon Bell is going.
1: Jets, Jets fans aren't talking about, about you. Giants fans are concerned with Barkley coming back. And not for nothing, I think fans in in general knew you signed with the defending, you know, AFC champions and that you kind of should just stay there. What the hell is wrong with you?
0: Right. And and, and at the end of the day, it's if he wants playing time, I believe that he truly believes he can still play, which is understandable. He's still, what, 20? I think he's younger than me. So I think he's still in his late 20s. So, it's not like he's a old, it's not like he's Brandon Jacobs.
1: He's 29 years old.
0: Okay, so he's the same age as me. So, um, now I believe that he he still believes he has something in the tank. And he believes that Aaron Gay screwed his career up. And Andy Reid probably screwed his career up because he was probably sitting there saying, if I could have just contributed to a Super Bowl contending team, I probably would have gotten another job. I understand it wasn't going to start. I understand I probably wasn't gonna really much playing time, but the fact that I got no burn in the Super Bowl at all, the fact that I got no burn late in the playoffs probably ticked him off. Um I get it. But at the end of the day, you bet on yourself, you bet wrong. That's that it is what it is. And I and and people are gonna say, Dang, that's that's cold Steelers fan. Look, I wanted him to stay. I was upset that he left. I was upset by the way the Steelers handled it. So I'm not saying that to cast aspersions on Le'Veon Bell at the end of the day he wanted to take up the mantle he was going to be the guy that was going to uh, uh be the savior for running backs and take the power back for players and he didn't realize this is the NFL not the NBA and he didn't realize I'm a running back not a quarterback so I don't care if I'm the best running back in the league and when he was healthy and when he was on the Steelers, he, you could make a legit argument that he was the best running back in the league. At the end of the day, you hold no power. You don't. Unfortunately, you hold no power. And he decided to take a chance on himself, and it backfired. And, again, I, I respect it. I really do, because he was trying to do something that wasn't going to just help himself but help other running backs. So I respect it, but it backfired, and it really backfired when you picked the Jets. At the end of the day, you picked an organization that is known to botch every single thing that they do. And you yep. chose and you chose to go there. And the joke was on you from the beginning because you went there for less money than reportedly the Steelers were willing to offer you. So even then, the joke was on you. Then they hired Adam Gase, and that was immediately... And honestly, the joke wasn't even on you then. The joke was on the Jets. Because, like, bro, why the hell would you do that? You just paid him all this money, and you hired a coach that from day one admitted that he wasn't ever going to use him. Like, what? Well, that's the most Jets thing I've ever heard of in my life. So the joke was on the Jets, but then the joke is still on you because that's the organization you went to. You didn't go to the Patriots and they did something that silly. You went to the Jets. You went to the Jets are known to do stupid things like that and even though that might have been the stupidest thing even the jets could have ever done you still pick you still pick the team that is known for making terrible decisions and 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 because and the reason why you picked the jets because you bet on yourself and you realize the jets were the only team that was willing to pay you and your pride wouldn't let you go back to pittsburgh and i get it but i don't want to hear from you f- three years later Talking about oh I was tired before you before you play for anybody, bro. Once again, you still don't know what you are. You are a running back looking at thirty. Nobody wants you. You will get a job if and when somebody gets hurt in the middle of the season. So make sure you're st- you're staying in shape.
1: <laughs>
0: Damn. <laughs> and and honestly, after that comment that you made, you might not even get a job then. For real. That was silly. It really, and again, if you're gonna say that, then you owe it to yourself to explain why. If he said something to you that you felt was disrespectful, if he called you a word or whatever, then say that. Don't just say, "Oh, well, I got my reasons, bro." You're talking like you said. Andy Reid's a well liked guy. A well liked guy. Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer. Andy Reid is, is, is considered to be a player's coach. So for you to say that, people are going to be like, well, what, what's your problem? Because we're all assuming you thought you were going to get playing time and you didn't. That's what everybody's assuming right now. And again, the joke is on you, Le'Veon Bell, because you everybody knew that you weren't going to get that playing time. They just drafted a running back in the first round that year. So I don't – again, I love Le'Veon. I'm, I'm saying this out of love. You know, you know me. I – I go hard for Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. I don't care. I understand off the field issues aside. They were great players from my team. I still believe that we did them dirty in some shape, way, shape, or form. I go hard for them. But at the end of the day, Le'Veon's wrong here. He's just wrong. He's just wrong. If he wanted a job, keep your head down, be quiet, work hard, go into somebody's camp, play hard, and you might get a backup role. That was your only chance. For you to say something like this, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You yep. really
1: are. Uh, and news broke a little bit earlier that Ste- uh, Stephen Gilmore is holding out. So he wasn't at the mandatory whatever's for the Pets. Yeah. And in a much lighter news, Arizona Cardinals, Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray, explained that why he wasn't a D- Dallas Cowboys fan. He's born in Texas, you know, born and raised. Do you have any idea why he's not a uh, Cowboys fan?
0: Because he does like mediocre teams?
1: Actually, it's a little bit more than that. He said, quote, they were always ass, end quote. There you go. And uh, Yahoo Sports did a great ride up because Murray was born in 1997. And in his 23 years of life, the Cowboys have been over 511 times.
0: Yeah. But I'll do it. And I'm sure, and I'm sure, growing up in Texas, he had to hear the nauseating fans every single year acting like they were going to win the Super Bowl. So I'm sure there was some hatred there.
1: Oh, uh, and do, do, who do you think he was a fan of? Because he does say who he was a fan of. It doesn't. No, it does.
0: Um, uh, maybe the Patriots.
1: No, it's an NFC team. It's an NFC team.
0: Uh, NFC team that was good while he was. It's the Giants.
1: No, he was a Vikings fan.
0: That's weird.
1: Not really, if you think about it. He, when he was a kid, like a young kid, Randy Moss was the Viking. And as as he got older, he would have had Adrian Peterson.
0: That's true. That's very true. And, okay. And always
1: a hard hitting defense. So like.
0: I can see that. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs>
1: Uh but yeah man. Anything else?
0: Uh no. I mean, I think the Stefan Gilmore thing is, is big. I mean, it's it's a little too early to tell what's going to happen. You know how the Patriots are with 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 uh contracts and stuff like that. But I think the deal will get done. I think Bill Belichick is starting to realize like he has to change his ways in order to be a good team again. So I think he will pay him. Um, so I don't think that's a big story. And if he
1: doesn't, I look forward to Bill trading him to the Giants. So, thank you.
0: Yeah, the, you know, Jalen Ramsey's already trying to recruit him to the Rams, uh, which would be insane. But, uh, you know, I don't know how they we get him. They don't they don't have any other picks to give up. Um, So, you know, the, the Packers will probably do it because, you know, the Packers are all like, yeah, defense, 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 screw Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, we'll see. But – uh, yeah, that's about it, man. I, like you know, If you're a running back, please just stay in your lane. Literally and figuratively. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tell
1: them where they can find you, bro.
0: They can find me at Never for Bretton, N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E.
1: And we are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. I'm at NotTheChuckD on all the socials. You can find our work at www.thedope.blog. And you can check later this week for the Nets pod that I'm sure you guys are waiting for. And that you're waiting to hear me curse a lot. Which is probably going to happen regardless
0: of what happens in game five. So. Obviously Charles is going through it. Because I, I wasn't going to mention that on this pod. But he just went straight into it. So obviously he's hurt.
1: Because I, I just feel disingenuous. At how we operate here on the double blog. That if I don't acknowledge the weekend that just happened in some type of way. because we Because, you know, life got in the way. Last week, so it's been a little bit of a break more than I like, and it just seems so phony to not acknowledge two things that people are aware that literally I love the MMA that happened and the Nets.
0: You know what I I mean? I guess my point is, like you said, we're going to talk about it, so I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it. Um, And you know, we usually keep these things separate anyway, so I don't think there was too many people listening that would be listening to this. Like, oh no, nah, no, nah, I won't hear about Julio. Talk about your next.
1: Yeah, but but you know me, dude. You you know me in real life, like, especially right now, when it comes to the NFL. I'm one of those fans, like, why are they trying to like the Julio thing makes sense? I'm down for talking about that. I liked it in college. So it's kind of like one of those things where I'm a fan. So I, I wanted to talk about that anyway. But a lot of these other OTA stories are so just NFL trying to be do the clickbaity headline stuff and steal a couple headlines from. The NBA and even the NHL and, and, and world football, like soccer and stuff that's going on right now. The UFC is going on right now. And you and you have these little leaks from the NFL just because they can't go a couple of days without a story, no matter what's going on in the world. The NFL has to figure out a way to keep itself in the news. So part of me is just like resentful of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually we'll talk about all of that. Um I'm not worried about it. Don't bother me, I'm working Don't bother me, I'm working Don't bother me, I'm working Don't bother me, I'm working